Hey, welcome to the Church Home Podcast. My name is David and I'm the CEO here at Church Home and I'm so glad that you joined us today. In just a moment, you're gonna hear an encouraging message from Judah around the person of Jesus and his love for you. And hey, if we can serve you in any way, please do not hesitate to reach out and chat with a pastor on our pastor chat tool, which you can find on our website or on the Church Home app. And if you've been impacted in any way, by this message, we want to invite you to join those who so generously give to tell the story of Jesus across this globe. Go ahead and visit us on churchhome.org give or text the word generosity to 97,000. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this message. I want to try to detangle a little bit, try to just kind of get an exhale out of all of us and go, all right, I know there's a lot out there that's pending over your life. There's a lot outside this gathering that is questionable, hanging in the balance, suspended between will it, will it not, she loves me, she loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. Will the romance work out? Will the job work out? Will the plan work out? Will the interview go well? Will it happen? Can I get an interview? Can I meet someone tonight that can be a friend? Could I feel connected? Could I actually not feel overlooked in 2023? Maybe this is my year to feel like I belong somewhere and I fit somewhere. Maybe you came tonight with hopes just like that, that maybe this space. And I got some good news and bad news. The good news is this is a special place. The bad news is it's not magic. And the, the, the likelihood of you running into somebody who maybe is pretty average and normal and maybe struggling with the same stuff you did, maybe don't say the right thing or as nice to you as you want them to be is very likely. We're just a, a group of humans. But it's my dream. I mean, I'm still doing this for a reason because it's my dream that humans can find a safe place, that humans can find a place where they're not leveraged, but they're loved. Humans could find a place where they're seen and not used. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, a place where humans can be heard and not talked at. Wouldn't that be nice, Christians? Wouldn't that be nice? You know, a place where you get nice Christians. I know that's an oxymoron, bear with me. You know, a place where people don't pass judgment. They just pass money around. How about that? I'm being serious. The first Christians passed money around, not judgment. They gave each other cash, not criticism. Here's an interesting stat I saw recently, and I'm not great with stats, I admit. But do you know that uh, the research shows that 90% of the thoughts you have every day are thoughts you've already had before? How weird is that? Now, out of the 90% of thoughts you have every day, or the 100%, how many are anxious and worrisome and fearful? You know what's weird? You had that thought before, most likely. You've been worried about that before. Now you're repurposing your worry, repurposing your anxiety. Now, here's the kicker. Furthermore, I feel like such a statistician tonight. I got to be honest with you. When I get a good stat, I revel in it. Follow-up stat, I feel like a mathematician. Like, Judah, it's a stat. You're not a mathematician. 85% of the worries we worry, Huffington Post says. Yeah, yeah, I, got, I can source it. I don't want to get into it. I got a bibliography up here that goes for days. 85% of those things you worry about never happen in your lifetime. Yeah. The complicated life. Most of your complication will never happen. Most of the things you're all wound up about, like a rubber band ball on your fifth grade teacher's desk, won't ever happen. A lot of the things you brought to the Saban tonight talking about, well, if there is a God, he better help me with will never manifest, will never happen. But oftentimes, it takes a toll anyways, doesn't it? Because it's actually not that it ever happens, it's that we fear that it will. Insert your grandma, your grandpa, an older uncle. Come on, everybody's got an older uncle, aunt, grandma, or grandpa who literally worries about everything. Am I making this up? I mean, I don't want to call out family members, so I'm not. 
but I have family members like you have family members that literally worry about everything. You have a family member who, the moment you're about to leave, insert, okay, well, well, all right, Judah, come here, give me a hug. Hey, you drive safe out there. You be careful. I'm 44. If I want to drive crazy, I will. You know what, Grams? Save it. Drive safe. I'm a man of risk. <laughs> drive safe out there. And my favorite one is, all right, I got to head to the airport. Love you, family. Fly safe. Oh, I'm not flying. Like, I'm not doing the flying. That's an irrelevant comment. You say that because you're worrisome. Don't put your worry on me. Hope your, hope your flight doesn't have a lot of, you know, bumps, turbulence. You know, back in 94, I had a flight in Atlanta. We barely made the runway and the landing. Like, oh, super great. Thanks. I'm flying Southwest. Ooh, Southwest? Have you heard about the troubles they've been through recently? They should barely be an airline. Like, what? What? Like, we're just everything, right? Hey, you like ice cream? Ah, uh, have you seen the research around ice cream? No. Oh, it's terrible. You know, lactose is killing America. All right, man, I don't know, bro. Ice cream was here before you got here, and it's going to be here after you leave. Can we just be cool with ice cream, bro? You know what I mean? We got research to get us all wound up and worked about everything. Everything now. Everything. Someone told me about the damages of a tomato the other day. I can't do it, folks. Is that croutons, bro? You eat croutons on your Caesar? Sue me. Yeah, I don't know. Like, bro, croutons? Ugh, research on that is terrible. Like, I, I don't know anymore. Someone recently told me stretching doesn't work. What? Research shows it's all a farce. I had a guy not long ago tell me, you know, toothpaste. It's all a fake thing. You don't even need it. I'm like, I got kids. Yeah, we do. You can smell that breath upstairs. What are you talking about, right? But this is what we do. We whittle away, pine away, worry away, and everything is complicated. Oh, a stool. Do you, do you have an actual chair? You know, stools are actually really bad for circulation. I mean, I can't do it anymore, folks. Can we all grow up? And just kind of hope for the best. That's a thought, you know? We don't even need Jesus for this. Just an old positive attitude. You know, one of those old-fashioned positive attitudes? That'd be nice. But it's hard these days, isn't it? Everything's complicated. Everything's complicated. The greatest sports stars in our country now give them one bad game, and we're all like, ah, they're done. <laughs> these quarterbacks who lost in the playoffs... They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. You know, most teams don't. Are we aware of this? You don't, you, you, you make the playoffs, but you don't go far enough and, ah, they gotta, gotta, gotta get a new quarterback, new coach. God doesn't know how to win the big ones. And what have you ever won in your whole life? One time, you, that little grabber thing at Chuck E. Cheese. You got a whoopee cushion with the grab machine. You know what I mean? We're just, everything's complicated. Everything's full of comparison, complication, and critique. What is it to be an American in 2023? Well, you complicate things, you compare everything, and you couldn't critique it all. What are you? I'm a modern American. All right, then let's be Christians. And let's talk about what that looks like. What does it look like to live a life of trust? You know, a life where you let go and believe. Ah, Judah, I'm not a big faith guy, you know? Well, that's not true. No, no, I mean, you know, organized religion. That's fair, but what do you mean about faith? Ah, I'm just not a big, like, you know, all these people are like, oh, I believe. I, don't, I just believe what I see. Wow, all right. 
hey, I'm not a big, not a big faith guy. I don't believe in the phenomenons and the supernatural and aliens and all that stuff. And so, super cool, man. You seem like a nice guy and obviously you like to unbutton your shirt. Not a problem, but I'm not a big faith guy. That's not true. It's just not true. The reality is we are all faith people. Trust is the only way you wake up in the morning. Let me say it like this. Tonight you will go to sleep, and I don't want to be your grandma or grandpa who's going to complicate your sleep experience, but you know what's weird about sleep? When's the last time you were going to sleep and you're thinking, man, I hope my heart keeps beating? Oh, buddy. Now, some of you, and I'm not trying to make light of it, but you've had heart complications, and you, you, you know where I'm going. I, I don't mean to make light of that. When's the last time you were falling asleep and you thought, hope I keep breathing? Hope my, hope my blood keeps circulating? Man, hope my feet are still there in the morning. Nah, you just believe it will. You just trust it will. Don't you? Aren't we funny? We forget we're fragile, we forget we're finite, and we just trust that everything's just gonna go on as normal. And then when it doesn't, we are the most shocked of all creatures on the earth. We are. The animals are like, man, that... I mean, matter has memory. Our scientists and research tells us even the matter has memory. The matter knows that this whole thing is fragile and broken. But not the humans, man. We are the people. We are so full of trust and what we believe is predictability. And if we lock our deadbolt, we'll be safe. That's adorable. It's just not true. Your whole life is fragile, finite, and is a vapor. And the truth is, if you are going to live an uncomplicated life, faith has to move from an accessory to an essential element with really the central focus, the central focus of your human experience. So let's dig in a little bit. Why? God welcomes us to believe in him. The Bible says, and the just, which means those who are justified by God, that is, all of their error and wrong is forgiven and forgotten, are simply those who receive or believe, which can be interchangeable and sometimes synonymous in scripture. If you believe or receive that there is a God, he loves you, he sent his son who became your sin so that you can be sin free, which is to say you can all your sin can be forgiven, even your future sin is forgiven, all simply because not you earn, deserve, warrant, or memorize the whole Bible or even know the 66 books in all of their order. Shout out to you beautiful Sunday school attenders who can quote the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I got the Torah. But it's free. Forgiveness is free. Righteousness before God, right relationship with God is free. You don't have to earn it. Jesus has already provided it. And if you trust him, it's done. The just shall live by faith. You know, the Bible says there's a work for the, for, the, for the believer. You know what our work is? You know what the number one job description of a Christian? You're gonna be shocked. If you're unfamiliar with Christians or you know a few mean ones, you're not gonna believe this. You know what our work is? To believe. The heavy lifting that's required of your life is that you be a trusting person not a striving person. Which one describes you? Are you a striver or are you a truster? I'd like to suggest tonight for your consideration, and I really mean this when I say consideration, please do not take my word for it. I am a father who's trying to figure out how to raise humans, and I am not batting a thousand. I'm not even sure my batting average can get me in the Hall of Fame, okay? So that was a baseball joke. The batting averages that get you to the Hall of Fame are 400. Okay, never, all right, so the facts are, don't take my word for it. See, in fact, if what I'm saying is true, and that is that your life will only improve to the level you commit to let go or be a truster and not a striver. Here's, here's some of the most erroneous things I have ever heard about faith and faith in God. Are you ready? And boy, are they prevalent, prominent, and hot in culture. You ready for this one? You know what I think, preacher? God helps those who help themselves. Yeah, that's American. 
That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. If God only helps those who help themselves, then you're helping God. So who's God, God or you? That logic don't hold water for a New York second. Well, if I help myself, then God will be like, well, since you started the process, I'm gonna step in now. That was the case, none of us would be here. Or God helps those who help themselves. Another statement that I've heard before, I just currently can't think of it right now, but it's also just as damaging. <laughs> That's the truth. I was like, man, what was the other one I was gonna say? I don't know, and I don't got any notes. All right, the point is, public speaking. This is a little cue into public speaking. If you don't remember what you're gonna say, lift the volume. All right, and people are just be like, oh, all right, that was good. Yeah, God's here. I was like, all right. Or here's my favorite one. This is when you know preachers have to think about what they're going to say next. Give God a shout of pray. <laughs> well, don't, don't do it. Well, I mean, all right, if you mean it, do it. But that's filler for most preachers, just so you know what we're doing up here. Give God a shout. Look to your neighbor, touch five people and say, go God, go God, go God, go God. That preacher is thinking, what am I about to say next? <laughs> just like everybody else, man. So, still hasn't come to me, but the point is, we, we have such prevalent thoughts around, we, we, we say we're faith people, but we're striving. And, and, and I want to define trusting and striving because we're trying to uncomplicate our life. And I have found that the more I take the wheel, the more I assume leadership, the more I take the director seat, the leader seat of my life, the more complicated my respective day becomes. I gotta help God get what he needs to get done in my life. Clearly God, not a problem. I'm ob you obviously need a bit of an assistant. I'm your guy. I, I know you got a lot on, you got a lot going on. I'm gonna be down here kind of helping your plan for my life along. And then when you get time, please re-engage. And I think you're going to be thrilled at the work that I accomplished down here. <laughs> you sweet people. We mean well, don't we? You know, God is, uh, here's another one. Another one came to me. Honor God and he'll honor you. <laughs> I heard this one growing up. Honor the flag. Honor God. He'll honor you. What? Guys, you know that Jesus saved the world before this was ever a country, right? I think Jesus thinks our flag is cute. But man, we have got so self-important. Honor the flag, honor God, honor the Constitution. All right, everybody collectively calm down. There is a God, and he is above and beyond all continents and countries, and countries come and they go, God does not. I don't love this country less than you. I just don't serve at the leisure of this country. I serve at the leisure of the king. What's the facts? If I'm not here next week, somebody, you know, reach out to the government. All right, so, come on. I, I, I'm just teasing. Some of you are not happy with me at all, and I like it. All right. So, striving is this. It's really simple. Striving is when you take things into your own hands. That's all. Striving is when you decide you're going to be the personal assistant for God. Trusting is when you're like, well, the truth is it's all in his hands. It's not, trusting is not like, you know, God, I'm going to do something for you. I, uh, I thought about kind of taking my destiny in my hands, but I'm going to do you and your kingdom a favor. I am going to give you my life. I know. I know, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, my gifts and abilities, you can have them. I can't do this for long. Um, and aren't we, we're fickle, come on, we're silly. We think, have you ever been proud of yourself when you've like said a prayer to God? God, I give you my life. And something inside of you goes, wow. I'm doing it. Oh God, I humble myself before you. Oh God, you ever been right here and you're like, 
My God, I'm humble. You know what I mean? God must be in heaven going, all right, it's going to work. He finally gave us his talents. We're going to do it. I needed one. I needed a key component to my team. I love how the old preacher said it. God is God all by himself. He doesn't need anybody else. Need? Need? Nah, zero. Want? 100%. You're here because you're wanted, not because you're needed. Is that okay to say? I mean, I love you. I probably need you. Seriously, like I need you. God doesn't. Is that okay to say? It doesn't lessen your value. It actually amplifies it if you understand it. He wants you. He made you because of want, not need. But how busy we are down here like little bees, pretending that God needs us. We need to restore righteousness again. Come on, church. God's raising up an army and he needs us. Have you read the book? He does stuff without humans anytime he wants. But then he includes humans and he does it in weird and wonky ways so that the humans know, I'm not sure we did that. I've been super into Gideon lately. I really have. It's in the Old Testament. Um, by the way, we live by the New Testament. New is not because it's more recent. It's because it is the new way we live. We don't live the old way. So if you're worried about what the Old Testament says, I don't care. I live by the new. You may not like that, but that's the way it is. The Old Testament can inform me to the level it informs me about Jesus. But the new has come and the old is gone. Preachers don't like to say it, but it's true. So Gideon's got this problem because God's like, yo, yo, man, like you need to lead an army. And he's like against that army. And the army he's looking at is like the most formidable, like super together, awesome armor, massive world power really cool armor, you know, like shiny, cool armor with just awesome tents. And it, the Bible says he looked out and it was like, they were like ants everywhere. And he looked at his crew and it was like, we got like a couple swords and stuff. And he's like, God, this is never going to happen. He's like, no, 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 no I'm going to do something. Take all the guys and ask them to get something to drink down at the creek. And Gideon's like, man, come on, man. For real. Yeah, yeah. Take them out of the creek. I got a plan. All right. All right. All right. Who's thirsty? Guys are like, all right. He goes down there and God's like, watch him drink. All right, man. So he watched him drink. He's like, the only guys I want you to use in this battle are the dudes that drink a certain way. So God basically says, the dudes that stick their head in the water, that would have been me. Don't fight with those dudes. Only fight with the guys that go like this. You guys think I'm making this up. This is a true story. Some are like, it's just metaphor. All right, Jesus lived, died, rose again, changed the world. Relax. All right, so they're stewing like this. He says, use those guys. The problem is this. The guys that stuck their head in the water were way more than the guys who did like this. In fact, there was only 300 that went. And Gideon's like, are you for real, man? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the 300 drinkers and go fight that endless, you know, massive army. And then he says, I don't want you to take weapons. <laughs> Wait, what? Get torches, sticks, and put tar on the sticks, light the tar, and then put pottery over the tar. Oh God, this is awesome, man. No, this is dumb. This is stupid. And he's like, do it. Gideon's like, all right. So he's like, hey, guys, you guys can go home. What? What? Just go home. Just go home. Be with your wives. Relax. You, you guys. Yeah? You're my, you're my army. I feel bad for the 300 dudes. They're like, whoa, bro, why do they get to go home? We're about to die. Don't worry. We're going to win. How do you know? We're going to scare them with fire. All right, are we going to burn them up? No. We're all going to carry torches. You think God needs you? He wants you. He says, Gideon, um, 
here's what you're going to do. You're going to have a trumpet. Ah, super cool. I want all the 300 guys to crack open their pottery and then the torches are going to appear. Oh, that'll scare them, God. That'll be awesome. And then I want you to blow the trumpet. And then I'm going I'm to beat them. Oh, great. Great. In case you needed kind of a reminder of how this great, wonderful God works. Some of you want God to give you a bigger army and more weapons. And he wants to give you a small army with no weapons so that he can show you he is the deliverer and he is the provider. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need your torch. He doesn't need your pottery, but he wants it. I think personally, the Gideon thing wasn't in my notes. I, know, I think God's in heaven going, bro, watch what I do with this dude, bro. This guy actually trusts me. Watch this. Guys, you got to see this. No, torches. Swords, torches. Spears, torches. All right. Pottery, cover the torch. One trumpet. One trumpet? Yeah. And the greatest army in the known world killed themselves. For the Bible says they looked into the hills and saw the fire and heard the sound and they thought they were surrounded by a multitude. And you know what they were? They were surrounded by the God of the whole earth. Yeah. It is not by might, the old prophet said. It is not by power. It is not by your cerebral capacity. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. You have complicated your journey because you have decided to take things into your hands that belong in his. Your career, that's in his hands. Your past, that's covered in his hands. Your future, that's in his hands. Why don't you blame God more? You take so much credit for yourself. When's the last time you blamed God? I'm serious. God, I blame you for these kids. You gave me these kids. That is your fault. Help. When's the last time you blamed God? God, I'm pretty sure you gave me this job and I hate it. Help. Spending all that time thinking about how you're going to impress your boss, how you're going to figure it out, maneuver and posture so that you can get a raise and you forgot that your boss, your career, and your income are in the palm of his hand. He's in control. Trusting is not being so noble that you give things to God's hands. Trusting is, yo, my bad, it's actually already in your hands, isn't it? Yeah. Remember that old song? He got the whole world in his... Yeah. It's true. The world, guys. And you worried about that interview tomorrow at 10 a.m. He wants you. Don't forget why you're here. You're here because you're wanted, not needed. He thinks your career's cute. So do I. And that's fun. But it's you that he's after. It's you that he wants. Just you. The complication you feel is from within you. The complication I feel is from within me. I am the complicator. The Bible says God does not author confusion or another word, complication. It's not, he's not the author. The complication you feel is not from God. The calamity you feel is not from God. The confusion you feel is not from God. It is from the pining and whining of mankind. It's not from God. God functions on a level called clarity. Wisdom, understanding, insight, trust, faith, connection, and relationship. I'm actually persuaded that we can leave this building tonight far less complicated than when we came in. My prayer tonight is that you would in some way reduce the, comp 
the complexity of your human experience, that you would minimize the insecure act of comparison, that you would almost over the process of trusting him, eliminate the practice of criticalness. When did you become the investigator of all people? When did you become the gatekeeper of theology? That's not your job. Your job is him. Trust him. Understand that it is in his hands. What I love about God is even people that don't believe in him and his hands are in his hands. <laughs> That's the crazy truth about the reality. So here's what I want to do. I want to show you in conclusion what happens when you begin to realize and accept that it's in his hands. Hey, that's in his hands. Now, I want to warn you before we go any further. You are going to come across well-meaning people, God bless them. But they're wrong and I'm right, so I want to help you. Here's these well-meaning people. They will tell you something like I said earlier, but it will come out different. It'll be, well, listen, God ain't going to feed you your breakfast. You ever heard this one? Oh, really? Everything's in his hands. You ain't going to put on your clothes. You ever heard this one? Oh, really? So God's going to put gas in your car. By the way, I heard a lady one time. It happened. Is it okay if I tell you this? If God wants to fix breakfast, which he's been known to do, he can. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I am. I'm the guy that's like, actually, before you share your mundane, earthbound logic with me, I need to tell you something about me. I'm a miracle. They said, they told my mom, abort him. She bled profusely. They said when he comes out, he will not be well. He will have deep, deep dysfunction. And some of you are like, that makes a lot of sense. Shut up. Shut up. And then you know my story. Some of you, I fell off my little rocking horse, you know, back in the 70s and the 80s. We didn't have all the nice padded stuff. And I went boom, 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 went down our concrete stairs and my brain swelled and everything. And they're like, he's going to die. And, but I'm here. Didn't choose my birthday. Didn't choose my name. Didn't choose my family. Didn't choose my country. Didn't choose my region. But I'm here. So excuse me for a moment. I don't need anybody telling me that if you want gas in your car, you better put it in your car. Like I chose my birth date. How many more times am I going to say that to this church? The day you were born tells you everything you need to know about the reality of what's going on here. Where were you before you arrived? Well, what I think, shut up. You got no idea. You wouldn't know eyeballs, except you had them. You wouldn't know what an ear was. My favorite thing we do down here is we, we concoct extra celestial beings. I love it when we do this. You ever notice there, I've never seen an alien in any alien movie that I'm like, that. I've never even seen anything like that. It's always some iteration of you and me. Big forehead, we're like, oh. Some form of a nose, some form of an ear. And we're like, oh, it's an alien. Not really. It's an attempt for humans who only know what we know to be like, if there was other beings, they must look like us. Why? Because we're finite, fragile, and limited. And so we persist. Well, what do you, oh, God's just gonna fix you steak and eggs in the morning? I don't think so. Oh, God's gonna go to work for you? What if I told you that if he wanted to, he could? What if I told you that I think it's all in his hands? What if I told you that your overall disposition in life could improve dramatically if you suddenly said to yourself, it's all in his, fan, in his hands, and he has a lot of fans. <laughs> That's a good one. And when a 4.2 earthquake hits, we find out real quick whose hands are in control. Last night, things started shaking. And I don't live anywhere by a train track at all. And I was like, was that a train? You know? And then I woke up, I'm like, bro, there ain't no train within 100 miles of this house. I was like, is that a U-Haul truck? 
No, that's the earth shaking somewhere on the shore of Malibu. And everybody goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. What are you going to do? Is legislation going to stop when the earth, stop the earth from shaking? Is your incredible following or your new company you sold for a billion dollars in the tech industry, is that going to stop the earth from shaking? Are you going to cheat life? Are you going to cheat death because you make enough money or you memorize enough information and data that you're the smartest person in the world and you're going to know you're going to die like me? And the earth's going to shake, the earth's going to shake and you aren't in control and neither am I. And all of a sudden the earth starts shaking and you're like, okay, <laughs> I don't really have control of anything, not even my, you know, vows. You know, this is crazy. <laughs> this is, it's the truth, isn't it? We don't like the truth all the time because sometimes the truth is an affront to our regularly scheduled program. And our regularly scheduled program is a mirage that we like. And the mirage tells us that if you work hard and be a, you know, a good person, it'll all work out for you. Wait a minute, man. Has anybody studied human history? Most of the good people get got. I'm being for real. I love how we persist in this this age, this modern age. Like, if you're a good person, man, it'll all come back to you. And except I'm 44 enough to know some history, all of my heroes died early. Because people don't like sometimes, you know, when you trust God. No, 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 no. We want people who, everybody who, you know, I live by the mamba mentality. I I live by, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it myself. If it's meant to be, there it is. That's the one I forgot. It's up to me. (laughs) I love this. I love the mixture. It's fascinating to me in the psychology of human mankind when someone's like, yeah, I'm a big Christian. But I tell you what, man, one of my favorite things, if it's meant to be, it's up to me, you know? What in the world, bro? What does that even mean? I love gravity, but I don't believe in it. What? Is it up to you? How's that been going? How's that been going? Well, if I'm going to get married, I'm going to have to go, you know, find the right person. How's it going, L.A.? Once I get my pilot show, it's going to happen. Guess what? There's not a lot of preachers like me, but I've done a few pilots and nothing came of it. Amazon canceled my pilot, spent a lot of money on that pilot. Big talk with Judah Smith. It was great for two hours. And we never heard back from Amazon. Is that it? I just need, I need my pilot, man. I need my big break, bro. It's in your hands. It's up to you. No, it's not. What are we doing, man? When are we going to let go and recognize that all of this is out of our control? All of it. I love athletics because it is a great metaphor, but not always. I actually believe you want my sports theology? This will be fun. Why not? Let's do it. I'm almost done, maybe. Here's my sports theology. I believe God thinks we're adorable and cute. And I think the sports we play is a lot like the coffees we order at the cafes. I think when your quarterback's trying to throw a touchdown, I don't think it's much different than you going, I triple latte, decaf, thank you. I think it's no different than your barista, like, shh. And we're like, oh God, help my barista. Help my QB. Now, no one's prayed for sports more than this guy. No one. Oh God, favor your team. Your team? (laughs) But all of our sports heroes tell us how to live. I won championships because I worked hard. You might have gotten some pigskin across the line because you worked hard, but you're here because of him. So the metaphor falls flat. Man, I'm going to have that mentality like my favorite sports star. Yeah, but they live a real life and it's not the one you see on ESPN. And that life, not the one where they put a leather ball through a hoop, but like the one they go home to. They're not in control of that. 
sure, I'll give you that. My theology makes a little bit of room for the guy that shoots well on your team. It's probably because he practiced a lot. But that's not really how life works, friends. Whoever practices the most wins. Nope. I know a lot of people who don't practice. They were just so talented. They didn't have to. I had a buddy who won the MVP in the NFL years ago, and he never went into the weight room one time, and I won't tell you his name, don't make me. I went one time to the facility where he's playing for an NFL team, and we walked through the weight room, and he said, I've never been in here. I said, hold on, hold on, say, what? High school? Nope. College? Nope. I hate you, I said. I hate you. I said, bro, nope. What is that? God-given. But oh, America persists. If you work hard enough, you can get what you want. I'm not buying, no matter how much you sell that. Hard work's nice. Once again, it's cute. But it's in his hands. Judah, what are you talking about? In case you haven't figured out who I am, my theology errs on sovereignty, not free will. I believe that we have to simultaneously protect sovereignty and free will, but if I err, I always err on the preeminence of God and his centrality, his sovereignty, and his utter and total control over the affairs of mankind. I believe that God elevates one and puts down another. I believe God is in charge of leadership. I believe God is in charge of continents and countries. I think our voting is also cute, but I think God's in charge. I do. And it's amazing because in church, when you tell God's in charge, God chose our president. If it's the one they, they voted for, the whole building will cheer. But you tell a church that the current president that they didn't vote for is God's choice and ain't nobody clapping. We got some things to consider, don't we? I'd like to put in front of you for the last few moments we have together what happens to you when you let go. Here's what happens to you when you become a truster more than a striver. When you actually come to the reality that my life is in his hands and it's quite literally not in my hands. <laughs> Yesterday I went, to the, I went to Ralph's. Shout out to Ralph's. They're a big sponsor of mine. I'm kidding. Who's ever been sponsored by Ralph's? How cool would that be if I just wore Ralph's shirts every week? I want to thank Ralph's again for sponsoring us. We lost Ralph's several years ago, but I love him. Um, I went to Ralph's because I wanted to get some keto ice cream. I'm on keto. I don't want to brag. Been five days into keto. It's a, it's a big commitment. So I got some keto ice cream and I got some popcorn. I'm not sure you're supposed to eat popcorn on keto, but... Tebow does, so, so do I. All right. Um, so I get popcorn. I get two bags of popcorn, three pints of keto ice cream, and the last bottle of NyQuil. That's a true story. Yesterday, Ralph's. I started chuckling to myself. I dare you. You get three pints of keto ice cream. Two, you, can't, you can't get a pint of keto. You got to live it. Two bags of popcorn and one bottle of NyQuil, and see how you do. I am in the Isle of Ralph's. Oh, the arrogance of me. And I'm like, oh, man, I got I'm like, oh, this is a lot. You know, I got my phone, trying to put my phone in my pocket. And here I am going through Ralph's. Here's how quickly my hands are insufficient. Three pints of keto ice cream, two bags of popcorn, one bottle of NyQuil, and I'm looking for help. But look at you controlling your destiny. Look at you running your life. Man, get out of here. I give you three pints of ice cream, two bags of popcorn, and a bottle of NyQuil, and you're out of hands. Who holds the world in his hands? He does. And here's what happens. You start trusting God. You start not, 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 not. It's really the message. I got a kink in my neck and like, Four times during this message, I've said something and it hurts. You know what I mean? You ever been there? And you're like, so if you're over here tonight after service and I don't look at you, it's because my neck hurts, okay? But if you come over here, I got you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but I can't look over there. It hurts too much. Dang it. If I had more faith. All right. You know what I mean? 
three things happen. You know, God is gracious. Can I say that? God is gracious. And I was going to tell the whole story of Abraham and Hagar and Ishmael and Isaac, and I had all these plans, but I did another one on that. You can pick it up. It'll be on the app. So this is a little bit of a different message, but I just want to end with these three things. And God is gracious. By the way, you know, Hagar was the result of, of, of Abraham and Sarai because God told Abraham he was going to have a, a baby and then that baby was going to produce a whole nation of millions and millions of people. And he was um, 75 when he got the promise and Isaac wasn't born until he was 100. That's a lot of years. And so about 11 years after God said, you're going to have like a whole nation of kids, it's going to be amazing. <clears throat> I, uh, Abraham and Sarah, like, this isn't going to work. So Sarah's like, bro, just sleep with, like, you know, the lady we hired to help us around the house. And Abraham's a total guy. He's like, yeah, if you're cool with it, I'm cool with it, <laughs> you know? Straight Game of Thrones. He's like, cool, you know? So he sleeps with Hagar, and, and you'd think Hagar is, like, a bad part of the story. But you know that the first person the angel of the Lord ever appeared to in the Old Testament was Hagar. So just, just relax. If you've been a striver... If you've been trying to help God, if you've been kind of living by that, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. If that's been kind of your thing, don't worry about it. God will show up for you. He's gracious. And here's what happens when we recognize, when we become overwhelmingly persuaded that the world is in his hands, including my life, my days, my career, my past, my present, my future. All of a sudden, it makes room for number one, the truth. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. You know what the truth is? It's how it actually all works on this planet. That's the truth. That's the truth. The truth is, it's all his. I love, I love what God says to Job. Y'all remember what he says to Job? Remember Job is complaining, that really, really bizarre book in the Old Testament? Everything goes bad for him for like nine months. By the way, did you know this, that the really, really bad part of Job's life was nine months. He lived like a hundred and some years. In case you think Job's like a negative story, guys, like, guys, it was nine months, relax. Um, but remember Job was like, God, where are you, man? Come on. And I love this part. I love when God flexes. He goes, hey, Job. He's like, what? He's like, were you there? Were you there when I flung the stars in the sky? No. Oh, okay. Were you there when I made the oceans and the seas? Were you there when I created sea creatures that you don't even know about? Were you there, Job? No, I, I, no, I wasn't. That's what I thought, bro. I'm God. You're not. I'm in control. He chose you. He called you. Resist the urge to live the lie. Cognitive reality. It's an actual term. 85% of what you worry about never happens. You've been sold a lie. If I don't do it, it won't be. Not true. If you don't do it, you might get out of the way and God might do it. Let go. Let go. Let go. Your white knuckles are not helping you in your human experience. Why won't they call me back? Why won't they follow through? They never do what they say they're going to do. Maybe they're not the right partner for you. Let go. Let go. Here's the person I've yet to meet. Here's the person I've yet to meet. You ready for this? Here's the person. Judy, can I go to coffee with you? Yeah, 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 let's go to coffee. How are you? Um, I, got a, I, got, I got some serious consternation, bro. My life has gotten really bad. Bro, 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 what happened? What happened? Is it your family? Let me explain. Um, I have started to really trust, rest, create margin, be a better listener, care for humans more, care about my career less, I'm thinking less about my reputation, less about my income. And ever since I started doing these things, my life has sucked. I can't count how many coffees I've had. Man, my life is so hard. What's going on, bro? I've been trying to figure it out, bro. 
I've done everything I know how to do, bro. Really? Put my resume out there. I've been talking to girls. I've been doing my thing, bro. I've been shooting my shot. And I can't, I can't catch a break. I can't. You've been helping God? What? What do you mean? You know what I mean. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what I've been telling everybody for 26 years. People are like, he's a good pastor. You need to go to coffee with him. He'll help you. It's not that complicated. I'm like, okay, quick question. Do you believe there's a God? Yeah. Do you think he's good at his job? Yeah. And let him do, let him do a job. What's his job? Well, to be God and stuff. I don't know. Like, to make sure presidents are good. No, that's not his job. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Let him do his job, bro. What's his job? To walk with you every day. You, ain't, you don't even know how your eyeballs work, bro. And you think you're going to figure out your future? Relax. Let go. Build in margin. Quit trying to act important and know that you already are. Quit trying to prove your worth and know you're already valuable. Quit trying to flex on everybody and know that you're already flexible. You know, that one doesn't work as well, you know? <laughs> Does he mean like yoga? But I end with this. One of the things I love about letting go is that it also reveals the truth. Oh, this is how it's really working. But then it also lets you know what today is. You know what today is? It's a gift. That's it. You know what you're not owed? Thursday. But you act like you are. We're here on Wednesday night. If you're watching, you know, later, it's a Wednesday, just FYI. Many of us will go to bed tonight talking about, I'm going to crush tomorrow. So you're going to have tomorrow? Yeah. Why? You should wake up tomorrow and go, what? In the world is going on. I got another one of these. I don't remember my first one. Probably won't remember my last one. But I'm going to make the most of this one. Because that's the only Thursday you got. I don't want to hear about your other Wednesday. It's the only Wednesday you have. He is a now God. And now is nothing but a gift. And if you knew that tomorrow morning was a gift, if this neck doesn't be healed in the name of Jesus, I need a faith healer tonight. <laughs> but we wake up like we earned it and deserved it. And we should wake up with wide-eyed wonder. And somehow his creation should speak to us. And you're like, Judah, you're just a creative. Shut up and listen. You don't have to be a poet or a creative to look out your window and go, and who are you, blue sky maker? Who are you, hummingbird designer? Who are you? You make willow trees, and you make olive trees, and you make weird cucumbers, and he's the watermelon maker. He's the T-bone steak maker. He's the vegan maker. No, he's not. But the point is, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I'm a vegan. That's a lie. But like I just said, keto, you know, you guys are the best. He's vegan. No, he is. No, I'm on keto, bro. <laughs> Lastly, this is, this is probably the one I'm most excited about because I need this one. And it's that when you let go and you see that it's in his hands, this one thing starts to happen to your soul. And I got to tell you, it's changed my life. It's called tempering. Right, so they're all T's, truth today, tempering. But you know what tempering is? Tempering is to take our over-exaggerated view and emphasis of something, and it brings it back to scale. <laughs> Be still, the Bible says, and know I am God. That's scale. That's scale. You lost the scale. Your career has been blown out of proportion. 
Your self-importance has been blown out of proportion. Your Wednesday's been blown out of proportion. It's blown out. Your pain has been blown out of proportion. Your pleasure has been blown out of proportion. You know what we need? We need some tempering that comes from God. And the tempering tells us your pain is not always and forever. And life is not about mere pleasure. The psychologists tell us you wouldn't know pleasure if you didn't know pain. And the tempering starts to settle over your soul. And people start to ask you, hey, man, you're going through such a horrific season. And you weep and you say, I am. But I got to tell you, I've been in a pit before. And he is there. Hey, man, congrats on everything, bro. Wow. Text a friend recently. My text went like this. Hey, man, hadn't talked in years. Want you to know I'm so proud of you. It's as if all of your dreams are coming true. And I love you. Oh, I'll be the first in line to tell you that pain you're going through sucks. And we're going to stand with you. And I'll be the first in line to say the prominence, the influence, the provision that you're experiencing, all of this pleasure. Wow, congratulations. Don't you dare go home and think the pain is because of what you've done with your hands or the pleasure is because what you have done with your strength. The Bible says it rains on the good people and the bad people, the just and the unjust, which isn't good and bad, but that's how we see it. It means it, sometimes stuff happens. There's other ways to say it, but we in church. We're so preoccupied with our pain and our pleasure, we attribute it to ourselves almost immediately. I'm in pain. What have I done? I'm going to call my psychologist. I recommend it. But don't you dare take credit for all your pain and pleasure. Don't you dare. This place is complicated, broken, and it's a wasteland sometimes. And you just, you're just in a pit. How would I get here? It was a pothole that turned into a pit and you fell in. Nobody did anything. It's life. And while you're there, look for him. While you're at the bottom, look for him. While you're at the top, look for him. At the top of the mountain, it's still about him. I'm done. I love this statement. It says, don't envy Alexander, for Alexander envied Caesar. Don't envy Caesar, for Caesar envied Augustus. I don't know. And then the statement, you ever heard this one? Don't envy Augustus because he envied Zeus and Zeus isn't real. Which is to say, no matter how far you go in your pleasure and accomplishment, there will always be someone who's like, but I could be, don't do it. It's insidious by nature. What are we doing tonight? We're collectively coming together to say, how can my life unwind a little bit and get less complicated? So here's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to pray if you need to be persuaded, you'll be persuaded. But in the next several minutes, I'd like us to collectively agree if we can. You don't have to. That it's in his hands. I am so serious, man. The thing that is pressing on your brain and body the most, I got good news, it's in his hands. What if you went to bed that night talking about, it's in his hands. <laughs> I'm in his hands. He's in control. Oh, how does the human live without the knowledge of God? The most gregarious being that has always been and will ever be. He is the same yesterday. Today and forever, church, hear me and hear me well. There is one God, and he is true, and he is just, and he is right, and he is beautiful, and he is powerful, and he is wonderful, and he is true in all of his ways, and he never changes, and he is near to you, and he is not far to you. He named you. 
He designed you. He put you together. He called you and he put you in Los Angeles and he put you in your family and he chose your ethnicity and he chose your background. You're a miracle. You have a destiny. You're chosen. You're called. You're his and you're in the palm of his hand. Don't you let anybody take your value. Don't you let anybody take your worth. My value and worth is not based on what I do. It's based on what he's done and what he's done set me free. What he's done says I'm a child of God. What he's done, it says I'm in his arms and I'm in his hands and he'll never leave me. Yeah, 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 it's in his hands. Come on, come on, come on. Let's get uncomplicated. Let's let this go. Come on, church. Come on, church. Yeah, it is not by might. It is not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Having begun in the spirit, we will not be made perfect in the flesh. We're going to sing this song one time through, and then I'm going to give an invitation for anyone who wants to receive the free gift of forgiveness that only comes through Jesus. Let's lift our voice and believe together he's in control and he's in charge. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on.